Sad paziš šta pričaš, svesno. Šalje Milošu ako nešto. Ok. Welcome back. Seminar on the cross-cultural mission. Cultural differences. Day 2. If you are here for the first time, what we spoke yesterday is about um, if you want to be successful working with another cultures and successful in working in another culture, one thing that you really need to to adopt is to celebrate differences. Okay, we all grow up in our own cultures and our own cultures taught us very well throughout childhood all the way through what is right, what is wrong. So we have a two broad categories of what is right, what is wrong, and very small category of what is different, in which we manage to fit one or two things. Okay. To be successful working with another culture, when you have a, a, a clash of two different cultures, is actually to see the category of the differences, it's much broader. And as much you can make that category broader, you will be more successful working with another people. Of course, you need to have a category of right to wrong clearly defined by the Bible. So you got to respect the word of God, but also respect the world of God. But try as much as possible that category of the differences to be broader as possible. So when you encounter things that immediately hit you with, hey, this is wrong, actually react quickly and say, no, it's not wrong, it's just different. It's just different. This culture sees things differently. And... Because it sees things differently, doesn't mean it's wrong, and it will set you free. It's definitely going to set you free from judgmental spirit, which is very, very, very dangerous for a missionary to have a judgmental spirit. It will, it will release you so you can enjoy much more and learn uh, uh, those cultural differences, and it will, it will help you to, to be successful, okay, and to really not have a burnout. I had a burnout last year. Uh, it took me quite some time to recover. Me, who is a, a Serbs in a Serbian culture, but just because I was exposed to the... <laughs> just, because, just because all my Christian life, I was exposed to the Western Christian culture and a Western Christian theology, it just changed me so much in my reproach to my own culture that I, I just hit some cultural differences that I just didn't handle very well. It's, it took me really to, to really be broke down to actually realize, and I had a judgmental spirit about my culture, about the Western culture. And I was just, people who knows me, who've been involved with me, they, they know how much I would just say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then just one day, I don't know how God worked with me. I read some books. I actually start to, to, to discover my own culture and, and to say, actually, this is not right and wrong this is just different this is just different so i did a lot of research a lot of reading a lot of actually uh work on myself and i found freedom in just seeing things that are different they're not right to wrong they're just different so i always said that two different heads one is the serbian head when i'm in serbian culture the other is an english head when i'm in english culture i put my english hat when i'm with english people but it's still it's still difficult it's still we are so much wired up in ourselves with our culture, it's still those things popping up. You know, so in my culture, in honor and shame culture, you, you honor people who you respect. 
or who, who are higher in the hierarchy of you, or people who you see as a father, you really honor them. So, and English people love, uh, love freedom and love that you make decisions. They don't make decisions for you. So, when Engli so my friends, when they ask me, you know, would you like this or that? I found extremely difficult if there are father figures for me, I, me to make decisions. You know, it's, it's, I should give you freedom. I should honor you in a way that you make decision. So I always go back and say, no, what, what you think, what would you, oh, come on, Vlada, just make decision. And that is a cultural clash. And it just hits me and say, oh, no, actually, English people, they, they, they respect when somebody takes that burden from them of making decisions. So you just make decisions. Don't make things complicated. Be grown up and stuff like that. Just make decision. <laughs> but my culture says this is disrespectful. I got to respect the person who I respect in a way. There's no way I'm going to make a decision. You got to make a decision. I'm going to obey that, whatever you say. It's just painful. It's literally, it's not, it, but it's so realistic and it's so beautiful when you start to discover all these cultural differences. It's absolutely beautiful. So this is what we spoke last time. Um, as we enter the, another culture, it's very important to get the right perspective. We grow up looking, for most part, like people around us. We can't escape from that. We went through the global village and we saw that, in fact, we are in minority. If you're sitting here, you're in minority, okay? Um, but we grow up with the people who are like us. We choose people who are like us. We, we grow up with the people who are like us. Uh, our culture is just one culture who is just like us. So we always think we are in majority. And our rights are the wrong right, right rights. And we went in another culture, we just discover we are in minority. Okay. So we share common language, common uh, core values, patterns of behavior, basic rules for conducting our lives. If we grow up in a square culture, we will look like we will look square. If you grow up in a round culture, you're gonna look round. Okay. The problem you have is when the square culture meets the round culture. And when you leave the comfort of your own culture and you enter another culture, you don't leave your squareness. You don't leave your cultural baggage. You take it with you. Okay? And you become pro pro proverbial square peg in a round hole. At this point, you have a choice. Are you going to maintain your squareness? Or are you going to choose to adjust, knock off some corners, and fit and identify more and more with your host culture? And that is the decision you got to make. When you go in another culture, you can continue to be a square peg amongst the round people, or you're actually going to go through the difficult process of knocking some corners to become more round like the people around you. And the more you're, square, the more you're round like the people around you, the more success, success you're going to be. There is a one-third of the world which respects differences. There is a one-third of the world, that's a Western world, which says, be your own snowflake. Okay, and we respect you being different and just express yourself and everything else. In two quarters, uh, two thirds of the two quarters, two thirds of the world, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Yeah. The rest of the world likes sameness. The rest of the world likes to be same like everybody else. And when you hit honor and shame culture, you're gonna hit the culture that says we're enjoying thinking the same. We enjoy being like everybody else. We enjoy, we find amazing freedom. We find amazing fulfillment that we all think the same. We all look the same. We all 
having the same roots, the same value system, and we don't like when somebody doesn't fit with us. You see what I mean? That's why our kind of churches all around the world, so I live, I live in the honor and shame culture in Serbia, and I'm a Protestant Christian in a, in a culture and a country where if you are Serb, you're the Orthodox Christian. But it's just unacceptable in my culture to be anything else if you're Serb and to not be the Orthodox Christian. So we don't fit that culture we're seen as a sect. Okay? So culture always using the shameful mechanism, shaming mechanism to put you back in the roundness, to be like them. So they say things, oh, you're sect, you're called, the gossip behind your, your back, people will, 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 will put all kind of gossiping pressure on you so you feel that shame on yourself, so you give up one day and you are like everybody else, you're the Orthodox Christian. And we're facing that all the time when we, when we work with the, with the young Christians, with the people who, who's deciding to join the Protestant faith. That's the pressure. Your, your parents are going to reject you. Your friends are going to mock you. Um, if people know that you're the, the different kind of Christians, they're probably going to judge you. They're probably going to spread the bad words around you. And in a culture where your identity is coming from what people think and say about you, that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. Your value systems coming from the people outside you. It's not from inside. It's not from your culture, conscious. It's not from the right and wrong. It's from what is the honorable in the eyes of other people. So that's a huge thing. Do you understand what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta knock that squareness as much as possible. So you're entering as a foreigner, or you working like a West as a Western church with a different kind of culture churches. Okay, you got to know if you work in supporting some churches in Eastern Europe or honor and shame culture, you're going to face all kind of different world that if you want to really have a successful relationship with them, really respect them and be brothers and sisters in Christ, you got to a little bit knock some corners down. Okay, and actually try to understand the churches, the Christians in honor and shame culture. Okay. So you can, have a, you can have a successful relationship with them. So you got to knock some corners. By adopting the local ways, you will find great fulfillment for yourself and great effectiveness in activity God has placed before you. I met Christians and Christians, I must say usually the Americans, okay, who really come with, um, with arrogance, nothing else, you know, and they never succeed anything. Never. We, we have a missionary couple from America right now in Niche. They're just doing the same things. They've been first in another big city. Okay. I've done absolutely nothing there. Because they're so square that cannot fit with the round people at all. And they finally felt God's call from God. Oh, God's actually calling us to another place. They've been in another place. Done absolutely nothing there. And they're in Niche. Doing absolutely the same things. Not learning that they need to knock down some squareness. So... Refusing to choose or lose any squareness, you send message to the round people. You send message to round people. And that is a horrible thing. That is a horrible thing. The things you tell them, you say, I don't care. I don't care to learn about your culture. I don't care about you. That's how you, that's how the round people, particularly honor and shame culture, particularly honor and shame culture, which everything is defined by the people around. So they observe people around. And they get the, the value from the, how people outside there behave towards them. They get the message, you don't care about us. 
You, you, you say all these words, but you don't fit with us. You don't give any effort to understand their language. And if we want to have some kind of relationship with you, we need to adjust to you. And you come as a missionary. And you come as somebody from another culture. And you say you have some good news for us and everything else. And we need to adjust ourselves to you. Do you understand what I mean? So you send message, I don't care. So learn the language. The first thing, learn the language. Doesn't matter how hard it is or not hard. Learn the language. And, 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 and people in the culture loves when foreigners take that first initiative to learn the language. They love it. They love. They will laugh with you and, and, and they will enjoy, they will respect you, they will teach you, puts them in that beautiful relationship with you of helping you. That is a huge thing, helping people. It's a huge thing. So you Western people like your individuality, you know, just leave me, I'm happy. Don't interact maybe too much with us. Collective culture is totally different. They're all in your face. People are one another in face. They love sharing good things. They love helping one another. They love being helpful. They love, if, you, if you take your child through the street, everybody gonna come around your child and say, oh, it's a beautiful child, give him a sweet, so give you an advice. And you, as a Westerner who likes his space, will say, how dare you to do something like this? But that's the way they show love and care. It's a collective culture. It functions like that. So, knock your squareness. Accept that and enjoy. Yes, it's going to take you some time. Yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, but during the time you're going to start enjoying those things. You're going to behave the same after that. Don't judge. Don't judge the... The, the, don't judge the politeness of the culture by your own culture. Okay? That's a huge thing. If you come to my culture, we are never going to say, excuse me, sorry, please, in the way the English people say after every second word. That just doesn't happen. Please, can I have a piece of bread? It's, if you translate in Serbian, it says, give me bread. And I, oh, you were so rude and everything else. No, it's just, we show kindness and love differently by helping you, by smiling, by, by, by feeding you until you die from cholesterol. You know, it's, that's how we show kindness. Eating and food is just extremely, we'll come to that, extremely important thing. So knocking down, refusing to knocking down your, 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 your squareness, it says my ways are better than day, you can't trust me. I ha we had a people in a church who comes from another culture to serve us for some time. I can tell you straight away, they're not going to stay for us with us because they don't knock any kind of squareness, any kind of squareness. They, they refuse to learn the language. They, they live in their own little enclaves, you know. They don't, they don't blend. They don't look very much like, like, like a natives, and you know they're not going to last. Sooner or later, they're going to go, and they're going to go with the bad feelings. They're going to say this country is a hard country and everything else. Let me go and serve in some other country because it's much easier. something wrong with this culture. No, it's wrong with you because you're refusing to, 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 to dress yourself in a local custom. You, you're refusing to be proper missionary who understand the culture you are so you can actually reach... I mean, Paul says, to Jews, I'm going to be like a Jew. To Romans, I'm going to be like a Romans. To free, I'm going to be as a free. It's adjusting yourself so you can bring the gospel to those people. So when you don't adjust yourself around people, honor and shame culture who observes all the time, all the time observes, all the time observes what's happening. Western culture doesn't care very much, let's say like that, about what other people think. You know, I've done well, and that's it. 
honor and shame culture, it's, you always need to tell them, is this good or bad? You always need to praise them. Is Western culture, we say, well, honor and shame culture is very needy. Oh, they're so needy. Well, maybe. But you got to take that as a cultural difference because in the same time, honor and shame culture, we say, for the Western culture, you're so cold because you don't have any kind of interaction with people. And we love to praise one another. We love to say this is great meal. This is beautiful. You've done something well and everything else, you know, because that's where we get our identity and the worth. Difference, okay? It's not bad and right. It's just different. You got to respect those things when you're in another culture. Okay, this takes some time. So what message the, yeah, the round-headed people receive when the square person doesn't adopt to the round culture? Well, it's, it's sad. It says, feel the square person doesn't care enough to make any chances, any changes. So I said that you just don't care. So if, you don't, if I see you don't care, why should I trust the words you're telling about the Christ? You know, why should I trust that? People observe those things. Round people may think in order to establish a relationship, they need to change. And that is the horrible thing. That's a colonialism. Okay. If they say, oh, I need to change to be more like a missionary, it's a horrible thing. We are not here for that. Round culture is bad. And I think the worst message you send is, I, I don't like your culture. I don't want to adjust your culture. I don't be like your culture. You know, you say, your culture is bad. It's wrong. It's no good to be here. And then you send message to the young people. The church wants to win, okay? Church wants to win for a Christ, to stay in their own culture and change that culture for better. You send the message, your culture is rubbish. You know, look, if I don't change and adapt your culture, you shouldn't change and adapt your culture. You should move from your culture and come to my culture. And then you have a Western missionaries who come and just take people with them. Because they never communicate, your culture is the wonderful your culture is great. It's so good to be here. Look, I'm even ready to, to knock down corners of my culture and be like your culture because it's so worth it to be part of your culture. And you send a message, you know, one way or another, you should leave and go away. So what are some of the ways? And when you start knocking down the squareness, you find out they're not important, actually. You know, all the squareness you knocked in your life, adapting to another culture. Sooner or later, you see, you hold them first. Oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then you just knock them down and say, well, it's not worth it in the first place. I like being around culture. <laughs> I like actually being like everybody else and, and, and stuff. So what's some of the ways in which you can lose your squareness when you're in another culture? Learn greetings, keywords in a new culture. Start with that fun. You know, start with that fun, learning, learning a, a new words in a new culture. Let's make people laugh about how you say some words and stuff like that. It just, it just loosen up people around you. They just love when you are a foreigner, somebody for his, who is the high culture than you. Because everybody looking at West and says, wow, we all want to be like West, you know. So when they see the West actually is the humble and Westerners are ready, you know, to make a monkeys of themselves and make a fun of themselves. They love that. They love that. And they say, wow, these Westerners are so approachable. I can come to them. They laugh like everybody else. You know, I can be, they can be my friends. The key thing in the mission is making friends. Okay? The task is make disciples. You make those disciples by making friends. Making friends makes best friends. The best friends open life to you. When they open life to you, do discipleship. 
okay? When you start doing discipleship, you come to that moment, you got to believe in Christ, and they start believing in Christ. It doesn't work opposite in honor and shame culture. It doesn't work. You present some clever arguments that Jesus is the God, and they says, oh, great, let me cut loose all my relationships and be part of the you. And let everybody mocking me because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian because of you. That's not going to happen. People got to feel secure. People, people got to get in that place that what you think it's much more important what everybody else thinks about you. Do you see what I mean? And when that things happen, that what you think, what the church thinks, it's much more important what my neighbors thinks about me, what my parents thinks about me, what my friends thinks about me, they become a Christian. They start believing. Smile frankly. It just, in honor and shame culture, smiling is an amazing thing. Okay? First of all, in some uh, ex-communist country, which is also honor and shame culture, first people are not used to somebody to smile to them. So when you smile to them, it's a paradox. They got confused. What's wrong with you? Why, why are you nice to me? Why are you smiling to me? And they want to know what's happening. Why, why this happened? Because people just don't smile to one another. In other honor and shame cultures, the smile is a beautiful surrender. It's a way to express humility in yourself. And humility wins people in honor and shame culture. Arrogance says, I got to defend myself. Okay. Smiling is humility which says you desire me, I feel secure with you, I want to be your friend. Smile. Resist making negative statements about people, about people or culture. That is horrible thing. Horrible thing. Any kind of negative statements about the culture, it hurts people. They're proud. Okay? They love their culture. They love stuff how they're doing. They love all those things. And when you are not careful about what you're saying about their culture, it hurts them, and you lose people. They're very proud about that. So, yeah, I will go too far away. Ask questions. Listen, listen carefully what, you, what they have to say. They love to talk. When you start asking questions, you give them honor. Oh, they want to know more about us, about my culture and everything. Ask them, why don't you take me and show me? Why don't you take me? In Serbia, it works very well. You know, when we have a young things who comes and come in our culture, and we mix them with the, with the young Serbians, and it's always, oh, why don't you show me your church? And they take them to the Orthodox Church, and they tell them all the stories about the history and the fresques and stuff like that, the icons and everything. And I says, oh, how about you come to my church now? And they feel reciprocity. You see my church, or come and see your church. So that asking questions just shows that you respect people, you want to know more about them, and then you're learning. Learning, learning, and if you're a missionary a long time, you adjust yourself to the answers of those questions. Spend much time with the local people, and less with the people with your own culture. There's nothing worse when the missionaries come and they keep in the little groups and they're gossiping how difficult it is and everything else and they never spend time with the locals. Eat locally. Eat honor and shame culture, guys. Okay? It's all about food. <laughs> Seriously. It's all about hospitality. It's all about food. It's a less excuse, sauce me please. It's more hospitality. And they're going to feed you as crazy. They're never going to be... Realistic with food. You're never gonna food, get food just enough how much you need, okay? It's the fist, it's always. In that way, you show how much you respect that person. Here we go. How much you're kind to that person. 
not excuse me, sorry, please, but look how much I food put for you. Okay. Your, your, your job is to be a good guest. So you got to learn to be a good guest when you're on the Hashem culture. There's the whole philosophy around that. So when, when they invite you to come for dinner, go with the family, go with the kids. Okay. If you don't go with the kids, you rob the host from opportunity to be a good host. Okay, so it's always if Sonia and I go without kids to some of our friends, they all, why did you bring kids? Where is why? Where is it? How is it? How? They always ask you about your kids, and it's always why did you bring them? Like you rob them from opportunity to treat your kids well and get honor from that. Look how great host I am, even to your kids. They're gonna feed you, they're gonna feed you, they're gonna feed you. You gotta protect yourself from that. Okay, you gotta protect yourself. It's Sonia learned one very beautiful word, which means uh, later. Later, okay, because no is unacceptable answer. You don't say no to the people in the same culture. Okay, here we go. Uh, harmony is above true. Okay, harmony is above true. Keeping good relationship with the people it's above rules. It's much, much more important than the true. So yes, I don't want a food. Okay, that's true. But harmony is much more important. And you're offering me food. Okay, so yeah, I'll have some food. Okay, so you go always, <coughs> they're always going to ask you. <laughs> the rule number one, never, here we go, total clash English and, a, and a Eastern culture. English people just eat the whole thing, the whole plate. They just leave nothing on a plate. That is the sign in East, you're still hungry. I'll give you more, give you more, I'll give you more. Okay, so in your culture, it's rude to leave something on a plate. In our culture, it's rude to not leave anything on a plate. You gotta leave something on a plate. If you don't leave anything, they put you more. Yeah. Would you like some food? No, no, I'm fine. I'll put you some. You know, it's always like that. It's always like that. So you gotta learn to say, to, live, to eat slowly, another thing. The meals last for four hours, the whole evening, the whole social event you have with somebody is around the table and food just comes, comes and comes and comes. Eat slowly, talk a lot, eat slowly, praise the food. You gotta praise the food. That's a very important thing. This is brilliant what you've done. This is amazing. How did you do this? How did you do that? Just praise food all the time. It's all the custom kind of around table customs you gotta learn. And the better you're in that, the more you're gonna win people. Because food and hospitality is way they show I love you, I care about you, I'm polite to you. It's the number one thing you gotta, if you're ever involved with a different culture, it's food. Praise the food all the time. <laughs> so I, when Sonia came for the first time, I always had a game with Sonia because she was English, it's just a little bit. And I was says, oh, Sonia really likes this. Oh, take more Sonia, take more Sonia. <laughs> That was great. And she was just stuffed. Take more, take more. And then she learned to learn late, uh, word later. I'll take later. And that gives her some kind of hope. Oh, she's going to take later. Later never comes. <laughs> people are people, not projects. People are people, not projects. You're one year in one culture. Uh, uh, it's not project. You planned as a Western person as a project this year. I'm going to be in a mission in that, that place. When I come back, I'm going to go to study for you. It's a project. Okay? For people who receive your service in a mission field, there are people that are not project. Okay? So you got to treat them as a people. You're going you're gonna to be friends to them. You're going to know them. Don't stuff gospel in them. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Get connected with a local church that works 
already something and help that local church adding more momentum for the doing. It's much more successful than just stuffing gospel in people's throat. It just doesn't work because they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Okay? So they're going to agree with what you say because it's rude to say, no, I'm not interested or anything like that. They're going to keep harmony with you and accept what you have to say. But that doesn't mean in soaking the heart at all. You know, to soak in the heart is happening when you make deep relationship with the people and they can see your life, holistic of your life. And then they say, right, this actually works. I want this gospel. Hallelujah. So, jump a few things. I want to say a couple of things about expectations. Expectations. You, I will say when you go on a mission, you're involved with the mission, don't rush in the mission. Get yourself ready. Think consciously about as many things as you can think about that new culture, place where you're going, get yourself trained, read, study, talk, go and visit, spy the land to the maximum you can because if you spy that land well, when you move to the mission, you're going to do a much better job. Okay? Because you're going to hit some expectations that are going to You'll have some expectations that uh, foolishly you made them because you observe your past, you observe your culture, you observe your previous experience and think it's going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. And you're going to get disappointed. And you can handle just as much disappointments in your life because you break down. So very soon I'll learn that the success how I had and English people had is not success how I should define when I was in Serbia for many, many years and still is success is moving from one disappointment to another without losing enthusiasm. You know, that is for quite some time that was you're working hard, no results. You're working hard, little bit of results. Then you lose those results and, and, and you can be disappointed. So not losing that enthusiasm for God in the kingdom is important when you're starting something, pioneering for the first time to move forward. The story you just hear this morning, okay? Let me put that story little bit from the Western culture to the Eastern culture. So you hear the story about going to the restaurant, preaching gospel to those people, to the Google and all these uh, people of peace and stuff like that. In a culture which harmony, it's much more respectful than the true, which means people are not going to tell you what they think, okay, for the sake of keeping good relationship with you, to not insult you, to not put you down, particularly if you're in the tourist business, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Okay? They're going to tell you what you want to hear. So we will come as a Western and say we had a great evangelism and everything else. For those people, it's over their heads. Over their heads. The great things that's happened, the contact is made. So you got to put that in the context. The contact is made. So our guys who's going to stay in Malaga needs to continue to go there. Continue to go there. Continue to go there. Because we Westerns, they said, we preach gospel to them, they respond to Well, it's done. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay? It's just starting point. You gotta go and see them again. You're gonna develop relationship with them. You're gonna develop friendship with them. You're gonna become our friends. Then you say, hmm, how the friendship in England looks like and how the uh, friendship in Malaga looks like, how the friendship in, a, in a honor and shame culture looks like, how the friendship in, a, in a guilt and innocent culture looks. And you see, it's a different. Okay, it means, it means I have a deep friendship with somebody in honor and shame culture when I'm invited to be the close circle of his friends. 
when I'm invited to be for his family reunion, family celebration, if I'm part of that, I know I'm a deep in a friendship with those people. You know, I know, uh, uh, how do I make in friendship with them? Let me invite them for a dinner. It doesn't work, okay? It works in a Western culture, invite people for a dinner. Inviting somebody for a dinner in that culture, somebody which you don't know very well or deep, it's very official what they want from me. Because that doesn't happen in that way. Popping up to somebody, have a coffee with him, is the way of honoring people. Totally different than the, than the West. In West, if you want to have a social time with somebody, you invite them to come to you. Here, if you honor somebody and want to have a deep relationship with them, you invite yourself to them. And you show them huge honor because, hey, he just, he just popped in to see me. He was thinking about me today. He just came to have a coffee with me. It's totally different. Deal with that as English people if you can. Ooh, it's rude for me. How can I come? It's a dinner time. Well, in the East, honor and shame culture, there is always food. They never buy food just enough for them. It's always food. We, when we cook coffee, those little Turkish kind of jazva, it's called little pots for one coffee, you always put two. In some, some areas of Serbia and Turkish, when you cook coffee, you always put two. Even if you drink on your own, because you never know who's going to come. <laughs> it's always food. So you really honor some, If you see that person, so if, if, if our guys in Malaga see that guy over the streets in the, during the day, they, they should jump and say, hey, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, great to see you. That was great meal we had. Let's have a coffee together. I says, oh, wow, they want to have a friendship with me. That's how you make the friendship. That's how you make the friendship. So intentionally be part of their lives. You're going to confuse them first, okay? But they smooth them down. And when they invite you to be part of something which is uh, sacred to them, then you know you're inside circle. And then when they realize, actually, these people, there's so many shameful things in my life that are hiding from the people because I know in my culture, if I say those things, they're going to they're shame me, okay? But these people, I feel like, because everybody has a, hard to say some things um, but these people I can talk to them I can talk to them and they start opening their hearts to you and talk about some deep shames and stuff they never said to anybody in their own culture you know you have them now it's not just a friendship now it's discipleship okay and then you you influence the deep core of their hearts and now sooner or later their opinion your opinion is much more important than what the other people thinks okay and they start asking about God, and then you bring the gospel. And then they become a Christians. Do you understand what I mean? Everything else can be very superficial. Super, 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 superficial. Superficial. They can just say what you want to hear, but that doesn't mean it's sink that deep in their hearts. Right, I want to give chance to Sonia. So, when your expectations are... So, yeah, think about your living situations. Um... Uh, think about all these things before you before you go to another culture. Just you gotta prepare yourself. All those things that you you take for granted because that's how it's in your culture. You gotta pick them up on the surface of your thinking and consciously think about those things. What the local people feels about your nation? God, you're English people for goodness sake. You had a colonies all around the world. Nobody likes you more or less. <laughs> Think about those things. No, I'm joking, of course. Uh, think about those things. What this nation thinks about us as the foreigners. 
So you just, just think. Maybe you're going to say, ah, I'll better be, take this in consideration. That, because people know those things. Living situation, where you're going to live. How's that look like? Then soon you're going to, you, you're going <laughs> to, with the living situation, you're going to say, well, well, people have a double standards in honor-reshim culture. They will, because you're not part of them, okay, you're nothing to them. That's how those things work in honor-reshim culture. You got to come inside. That's your work as a missionary to get inside. You're nothing to them. So in the living situations, there's a one price for the locals. There's another price for the foreigners. And you have money. Everybody thinks you have money. Okay? There's a one price for the locals and the price for the foreigners. How are you going to deal with that? How are you going to deal with that? So you got to think, okay, I'll make some friends with the locals. Who's going to finish all these jobs for me? Anything you want to buy because your foreigner is going to charge you more. So you make friends with the locals who's going to buy things for you. Do you see what I mean? My task in mission. What is your task in mission? Because you've never been exposed to the mission of the culture before. And all your idea of Christian mission is what you have in your local church, in your culture. So you go back with that kind of expectations in, in a new culture with the new people. And you have a problem. Because you're going to have a different expectation, you're going to burn out. So mission, it's very much when you go in another culture. It's eating a lot with people. And you're going to say, what on earth I'm doing? Because success is a task defined differently in the West. In East is first thing, you got to make relationship with the people. Drink a lot of coffee, going out, saying things, saying things, saying for how long? For five years, 10 years, 20 years, as long as it's possible until you don't move in the next stage. Making relationship with the locals, becoming one of them. And sometimes that happens only when you're old. They're not going to accept you very well because you have that status of honor because you're young. You got to spend some time with them. You have some wounds together with them, some scars together with them. It says you're us now. We're going to listen to what you have to say. The relationship with the local culture, how's that work? All the simple things about man-female relationship, stuff like that. Understanding the local customs, what is okay, what is not okay, about dress codes and stuff like that. Go with that. Language, learn the language, travel, uh, people concern of time. I love that one. I just love that. Industrial revolution made you Westerners to be all about precision and, and on time. Punctuality is the hugest value. It just doesn't work in the rest of the world. In agriculture kind of background, it's just not, it's about the seasons. It's about, uh, I'm gonna do some work with my neighbor is free. Not when the, the, the diary says, people don't have a diary. The first time I saw diary when I came in England, somebody put through the door for me. I was turning out, what you do with this for goodness sake? <laughs> and I learned, put a different hat when you go in England. When I have Englishmen with us, when Tim comes, they always wants to know in a minute what's happening. I have a, I'm just making things for them. Keeps them happy. <laughs> just don't know. But they want to know. It's true. What time tomorrow? Five. It's never five. But, but it keeps them happy believing it's going to be five. <laughs> just, but you know, but it's such an honoring thing when you wait for somebody to come. You know, things happen when everybody gathers. And when you wait for that person to come, you show some honor. Wrong, different. Different. Concept of money. Huge thing. In the West, everybody can have money. In a 
two-thirds of the world money is the limited asset. People don't have money. Money is everybody. Not, money doesn't have everybody. Not everybody have money. And money belongs to everybody. People help one another without asking questions. And relationships are above the rules. Okay? So you want to have a rules above the money. I borrow your money. That's how much. Bring me then and then. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. People who borrow money... And, and people, when people give money to somebody, they say, oh, give me when you, can, when you have. But maybe it will happen, maybe it never is going to happen. But that person owns you something and she, that person knows that he's owned you something. So you can ask something else, a favor or something, you know, that kind of things. It's always paid back, but it's never by the rules. It's by relationship. It's a huge thing. We needed to deal a lot with that kind of things. People will come in a Western church. We have a Western church. And ask for money. And now you have a relationship where they start coming to the church and they ask money for this and that. We needed to deal with that. How do you deal with that? It's not okay to just give money because you have a limited resources and you're not, not going to give back. And then you need to think, right, how do, you, how, do, how do you do that? Very sensitive things. And you're trying to win that person for Christ. And I know if I refuse that person because if they know that you, you can and have and you refuse them, that's the end. Because nobody else is doing that in the culture. You help when you can. Or you lie. Okay? And it's acceptable. Much better to lie. I'm sorry I don't have them say strictly no to that person. <laughs> Weird. See, we, we needed to think. So we always give money. But we say, right, probably that person is too proud to say, please, can you give me money? So he's going to use... Uh, proud language of please can I borrow some money from you I'm going to give you then and then and we know he's not going to give because he doesn't have money so we always give something we think in our heart okay how much we can give to that person if doesn't give back that's fine we can live with that loss so we always give something so it's never no to the person it's always yes something we give something so that's like our little church rule we made working with it but you got to think about those things because if you refuse it you lose them and the western Persons among us will say, well, that's fine. They can go, well, it's, it's, it's no. It's, it's a long process. It's not like a strictly making by the rules decision to follow Christ. No, no, you just, you got to keep that relationship going until that person become a Christian. Probably you're never going to notice how that person become Christian. But you got to keep relationship going. Don't just sacrifice a relationship for the rule. You borrow money, you didn't give back. That's the rule. We cut relationship. No. No, the relationships above the rules. Keep relationship going until some things happen and change. You got to think about those things. People's opinion about the church and Christianity. It's a huge thing. In a Eastern Europe, people have... You're never going to have anybody moving from another church to your church. There is no way, at least with us, that we're ever going to see growth of our church from the people moving from another church to another. Every single growth we're going to have is from people becoming Christian from the non-church background. And the only experience they have of the church is the Orthodox Church. Okay? So you got to think about that. Okay, this is their experience of the church. And when they come to us, they just think, this is the same kind of church, the same kind of experience I can, I can have, the same kind of expectation I can have. So I know I was hurt, hurt, I was hurt in the past, but now I understand. Okay, people are going to come to church. And I'm going to see that. I can see that as a great salvation. I can expect, okay, that person is a church right now. But I bet you what, in two months, when all excitement goes, she's going to go away. Because in the other church, you feel, do you want to go in a church or not? 
You feel you have a need to go in a church. You feel you want to go in a church, but it's not like a commitment like we will make in, in, in our kind of churches that you're part of the church. That's not going to happen. Not for some time. Or it's coming in a church because I want to do some bargain with God. I have this kind of problem, so I'm going to come five times for the row in a church and God's owned me something to do something for me. So that's another reason people come in a church. So I just observe those things and I pray for them and I work with them. And I keep relationship with them, keep open door with them with the hope that Holy Spirit is going to work in them. And you're going to see that salvation. And then when you see baptism, then more or less you know you have that person because it's a huge thing. So you got to identify these huge things and take them in that huge way. Baptism is a huge thing in Serbia. Because baptism really communicates to the Orthodox Church, you belong to the Orthodox Church. So if somebody decides to break those ties with the culture, break those ties with the history, break the ties with, with the family by being baptized with us, that is a huge sacrifice that person is doing. And I can see and say, that's good. That's good. That's the first big step that you made as a sacrifice to, to be part, part of us. So you got to observe those things and have a different kind of expectation. Adjust your expectations so you don't burn quickly. So you rejoice with the small things. You rejoice with all these things, but you put them in a perfect place on the line of expectation and how things are happening. So you don't have a huge kind of wrong expectation you burn down but you have a realistic expectation. You know things where they are, so you know what else you need to build on the top of all that. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to give a chance to Sonia. Okay, Sonia? Mm -hmm. You have a time? Well... Yes, you have. <laughs> not really sure, but... Yeah. Later. To, later, later. <laughs> to say something about the attitudes and skills you need in the building relationships in non-ancient culture. Is all well, I've got a few more stories of disasters to add to yesterday's. And, um, yeah, attitudes and skills uh, for cultural adjustment. So just going to mention three. So we've got openness, acceptance, and uh, trust. All quite um, what, what we think we, we, we know about. So here we go, openness. It's the ability to welcome people into your presence and help them feel safe. Just... Um, I, for, for me in, in, in a different culture, I had to work out what openness meant in that culture. I know what it means in, in, in my own culture, but I had to make, you know, make observations. I had to watch people and see, oh yeah, what does it mean to be open here? So, um, of course, it all starts with a smile, like Vlad has said. You can, you can melt people's heart with a smile. That's a little bit crooked, but it doesn't seem to, you know, doesn't seem to matter. Smile, just a... Uh, melts people, people's hearts. And um, uh, one thing that I've learned from, from Serbian culture, and I, I think it's lovely, and I, I think that uh, I, I try to do it in, in my own culture like when we come back or whatever, people, they introduce each other. Yeah. So we had a, a few discussions about this, didn't we, Vlad, in the past, quite heated ones. You know, like, we'd walk along a street together and I'd see a friend, and I'd start chatting. And Vladi would just be there waiting, you know, oh, when she go? And I would never introduce him because it wasn't part of my culture, because we would just normally just have a chat, wouldn't we? 
But what you do, it's like, okay, now I have to include people. Say, oh, this is my husband, Vladder. He's this, this, and this. This is my friend, so-and-so. They, this is what they do or how I know them. And immediately I've, I've included people and made contacts that are, are positive and I haven't left anyone out because it's, you know, it's, it's important to be inclusive, isn't it? And, um, I, 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 you know, I, I had to had to learn that by Vladis saying you did it again, Sonia. And I'm, I'm really sorry, you know. I, I, you know, I didn't respect the culture and I had to just learn by re- repeating the same situation but not making the mistake. And, um, and it, because you're connecting people into something that is really important to you, you know, we, we want to see them saved, don't we? But it is that initial relationship that makes, makes the, whole, the whole difference. So we're, we're reaching out and finding ways to include people. So lots of questions, lots of questions. If, if you're somebody who doesn't really, you know, feel confident in, in a social situation, you don't know what to do, just have some questions ready in your mind, write them down, you know. Well, what can I ask these people today? Is it about tourism in their country or some of their customs or some type of food or something you heard on the street? But to have questions ready so that they feel that they're uh, engaged in, in what's going on. So um, suspend your judgment. I think we've talked to enough about that, you know. Um, people are just just different and we don't have to it doesn't mean if you're accepting somebody it doesn't mean that you have to have their opinions you know you have to have your own opinions but be ready to to share them in a way that is I say respectful like you know Serbs often share their opinions for example this is just the culture that I'm in now but in a very kind of loud and yeah kind of like Everybody in one voice. Everybody together and they're all sharing different opinions and it's like, oh, if they can do it, I can. I've got my opinions too, so I'll just join in there and, uh, you know, join the cacophony of <laughs> noise. And um, But it shows that I'm interested in them and I've got my opinions and, and you know, as they, as they respect me and, 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 uh, and learn who I am, they want to listen to my opinions too. The whole food thing... It's, it's so huge. Vlad has talked a lot about that. But just, uh, I was thinking, you know, of um, the amount of uh, people from Serbian culture that I know that have been to, to Western culture and just been starving for like, yeah. for days and they won't admit it. They just won't admit it. And it's hysterically funny when they come back and tell the stories. Tell them, but that, tell them that. <laughs> There's like, um, oh, so, some, some really big guys, but the uh, British people or wherever you know, wherever they go generally in the sort of Western culture, people will say, oh, are you hungry? And they'll say, no. Because oh, they're starving. And uh, are, you sh- are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. And that's it. Okay, you're not hungry. He's not, I can't force food under this person. Because as a, as a Westerner, I want to respect that if you don't want food, I'm not going to force it down you. And they're like, and then it's over. <laughs> and they're like, because you have to say, you know, like, would you like something to eat? No, I'm not hungry. Come it's, on. It's disrespectful to be neat. Yeah. You don't say straight away, I'm hungry. You gotta go to the whole plate. So I'm like, come on, eat with me. Oh, I'm not. Look, I'm hungry. I, you have to share this food with me. You know, I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot if you, you know. But you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hungry. Come and do me the honor of eating with me, and we'll share this food together. Oh, because of you, I'll do it. 
<laughs> you know, and then oh, then then we eat, and, and and then it's the whole come on, have more, have more, but but people won't just accept it immediately. Do you want a sandwich? Do you want a sandwich? And, and I know Vladas learned, you know, like when we when we visit other countries, would you like something to eat? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> they never refuse English they never person refuses again. Anything. They don't offer you again, so you have one choice to be fed. So. <laughs> but it's just really funny, you know. It's really funny hearing those stories because it is it is so real and it's it's uh, yeah part of that beautiful kind of variety, I suppose. And another thing, um, when you have people to visit you, you know, in, in a different culture, it's usually um, very polite and respectful if you don't let them go when they say that it's time to go. So they'll say, oh, I think, you know, I should go, because they're probably thinking, oh, you know, maybe, maybe they need me to go. And you say, you're going now? Why are you going now? Just stay, just stay a bit longer. Sit down, don't go. Yeah, one more coffee. Come on, half an hour more. We've still got some cakes left. You know, just to because it's showing respect that you don't want them to leave. You want them to stay with you. And um, so, yeah, I, I um, yeah, it's been a long kind of journey of, of discovery, really, and uh, people being kind of patient with with me learning the culture and. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's a, a lovely lovely adventure. So um, acceptance, how to be positive. Um, you know, it's because it's because we we've been accepted, haven't we? We know that Jesus has accepted us and that we're absolutely accepted as who we are, and it's from that foundation. I mean, it's just kind of like I'm not teaching you anything new, but it's from that foundation that we accept other people. So. Here we go, here's a little definition. Acceptance is the ability to communicate value, regard, worth and respect to others and to make them feel significant, honoured and esteemed. Through acceptance, uh, though acceptance appears to be passive, it is not passive but proactive. So it's very intentional that we accept people, not like, oh yeah, someone's here, but no, like, oh, come on, you know, I'm going to include you. And I think that's, you know... Okay, we we talk in a, a, a practically all the time about honour and shame culture, but it's in any culture in Britain or with anybody, you know, acceptance is so is so important because people want to feel want to feel loved and want to uh, be included. And this thing that Vlada was saying about money, it is it has um, well, money is a, a huge issue, isn't it? And like you know, he's talked about like money being limited and and people borrowing money and and so on. I, uh, you have to work out, you know, what your own attitude to that is. Because, for example, you know, there's this lovely lady in our church, and um, they just kind of live on borrowed money. You know, they kind of go around like borrow it off this person and give it back, and 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 she will always, she will always give money back, and it's not an issue. But um, so she's, oh Sonia, how are you fixed for money today? <laughs> you just want to know my financial state, you know, so I'm like immediately my Western thing, I'm not telling you how much money I've got, but no, but really, she just wants to borrow some money, and I can't, um, I want to be her friend, and I don't want to be her, like, somebody above her who gives, dishes out some money every now and then, and so it's like, oh, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll give her the money, and other times, I just want to be her equal, and not like some kind of, I don't know, 
donor or I don't know, someone who's just some, somebody far off. So I oh, no, I haven't got any money today. And I really could give her the money. She never asked for much, you know, but the point isn't the money. The point is the relationship. And if I've always got money to give to her, then I'm not an equal. I'm not her friend. As such, I'm more of a sort of patron to her. And, you know, and what I want most is, is the friendship. So it's kind of walking that fine that fine line really of accepting, but also um, just knowing the limits. And we all have to, um, yeah, we all have to do that, don't we? Just, you know, work out work out our limits. Um, so yeah, ac- acceptance, it is, it is a big thing because, you know, people do think, oh, you're from the West, you are kind of, you know, you do have money and um, it's, Basically, first of all, it's not always true, is it? You know, sometimes it's just like, I don't have any money to give you, but sometimes, even if I do, I won't. Um, building trust um, and strong relationships. Um, it just takes so much time, doesn't it? You know, we've said that a hundred times, and you know it's true as well. And... Um, no. Yeah, nothing happens. That, that was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's culturally defined. So look for the things in the culture that define trust between people because it, it is clearly a little bit different for, for, for each culture. But, you know, um, it, I just know, know that for me, like when we, uh, we spent some time in Britain and then we came back to Serbia in uh, 2003 and I, I, uh, I started um, teaching in, uh, at the university um, for a, a long time but my everybody knew who I was she's that funny church person or that person from the you know the the sect or whatever every member of staff that I worked with in the English department they knew who I was but nobody said a thing it was like that public secret you know she's the she's the religious one and nobody said they all knew who I was and I had not earned the right to talk to anybody about anything. So I, 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 I prayed and I waited and I asked for an opportunity. I waited three years wow. before anyone said anything to me and I knew the time would come and, uh, and, I, and I waited, not always patiently, but I, I did wait. And then uh, just one day, um, this girl came into my office, a student, a first year student, in contact with some kind of westerners to talk about her poetry and whatever but she came barging into my office and she was like and I had her office full of students and um so she she just was not being shy about it she said I want to know when your church is open and I, I really I, I was like what does she mean though does she want to look at the building or she wanted to talk to somebody she just you know and I was like oh thank you lord you know this is, uh, you know, this has really changed the game. And when I mean, she actually became a Christian, uh, as have others, others but um, it was, I had to be patient to earn the right to say anything because people, it's like Vlada says, who are you? I didn't, didn't deserve the right, I had to, to prove it. So, uh, and that, that at times it really does mean that you make yourself vulnerable and, you know, maybe share things that, you know, could you help me with this or whatever to earn, earn their, their trust but it doesn't um, it doesn't come overnight and it it comes from um, just being yeah just being open and, and sharing 
sharing your um, your time, your space, your food, your your friendship. And I I don't know. I I, I know that I can't I can't stress it enough. But I, it's all you know. I, I can't assume that you know it either because you, we all think we know things. But that that kind of relationship is is so important. And the and not saying no to people. And um, so if there's any any kind of good advice that I can give you really if you're looking to go in a different culture or if you're uh, supporting someone it's it's time and investment and just being that person who wants to make a relationship because it's all relationship based and I think you know there is a lot of other wisdom as well but if 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 you're more interested in the tasks and the people then you're going to just skip over a whole load of stuff that's really important it's friends, friends, and friends. And if you're doing that and you've got your support from the, the place that you came from, you've got people looking out for you, people who've got your back, people praying for you, people sending you Marmite when you need it, and you know, stuff like that, then you've got the whole glorious kind of package that, that, um, that will work eventually, it might not work tomorrow, the next day, next year. But it's gonna because you're in for the long the, the long term, you're in for the whole long road. Sure. And uh, I think well I'm gonna stop there. Um could say a lot more, could share a lot of terrible stories of things I've done wrong, but um That's a question. Yeah, have you got any questions? Oh, Paul and Lee, would you like to share something? Kate. Kate, sorry. Kate. Um Get people's just, names right, it's important. Maybe just one thing that, um, like cultural adaptation, there's a lot of tough experiences and feelings, um, but just to really see them as opportunities as well. That's it. Oh, yeah. Because, like, confusion is difficult, but confusion is an opportunity to reach understanding. You're not going to know what you need to understand without being confused. Very good. And, yeah. um, Frustration and anger is experiences you may go through, but you need to go through those to know what you need to accept. And um, like sometimes even after coming to acceptance, there's little things that keep irritating you or events that happen. But those irritations are opportunities to embrace something new, mm. even if you accept it. That's really so good. It might feel yeah. like you're getting dragged down, but see them as opportunities to go forward. Mm -hmm. That's very good. Yeah, and also to deal with some of the stuff in, in you that's that's that needs actually dealing with. Maybe maybe it's a, a way that God sent so that you can learn patience, so that you can learn, you know, how to handle frustration, how yes. to when someone really irritates you, what do you and do? Got, do you handle it in a godly we've got way? Strongholds, you know, we've all got strongholds in our own culture. And uh, it's only through these things that God can highlight it and deal with these strongholds in our culture. Mm. Very good. Yeah, great. Questions? Oh, great, yeah. Me again. Um, uh, so, I am not from a German culture, but living in Germany. So, I would say German is like even more Western <laughs> than um, the English and they're obviously differences. Um, we have obviously also, Germany's got a lot of people from all over the world, including a lot of people from on and chain cultures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's something I haven't figured out, but it would be nice to hear 
sort of your thoughts on what would be helpful in reaching out to them within the Western context. I'm sort of, I sort of flip-flop between adapting all the things you've said, mm -hmm. but is it helpful for them in the Western context? Uh, yeah, I just would be comfortable to hear your thoughts. Because a lot of them haven't changed their culture, have they? Because they didn't come because they wanted to, maybe. They came because they had to, economically. A whole range of They had to, yeah. I, that's a lovely question, and I think it's a real challenge for, for countries now that are receiving people, whether they're um, economic migrants or whether they're refugees or whatever. How do we respond to them so that one day maybe they'll be the missionaries back to their own countries? So how do you handle them? And uh, I think if, if it's like on honour and shame people, time, <laughs> time, food, friendship, relationship, you know, you have to make that investment to earn people's trust, like we were saying, so that you have the right to say other things, you have the right to share the gospel, because they'll just think you're weird. There's this bladder over this clip the other day, we're on the, on the way here, and there's this woman in Niche, in our city, this American woman, she got on the bridge in the city, and she started shouting the gospel to people. In English. In English. And it, there's, a, there's a, a tape of it, you know, it's like, and you have to be saved, and Jesus is... A, and uh, and this, this brilliant article in the newspaper about it, because what happened, people didn't know what she was doing, and they thought she was going to jump off the bridge. Oh, oh, and so they sent the emergency services, the ambulance came, the, the police came, and there was this whole crowd around her, and, uh, and uh, one of the, an older gentleman, he's like, come on, love, come and step down from there, you know. And, um, and it said in the article, you know, in the West, in America or wherever, in wherever country, the use of this kind of communication. <coughs> Here, we're just not ready for it yet. Oh. You know, so it is like, and she's probably done a load of harm, you know, <laughs> just by thinking she's doing this amazing thing. I think, was, yeah, I think what, what Mike said about that we have compass, not a map, yeah. you know applies to that kind of situation. So go with the compass, the compass leads you, but don't expect to have the, the whole map of the end product, how's it gonna look like, you know, with the immigrants in the Germany, how much they need to integrate as a Christians who become Christians, how much they need to keep their own culture as a Christians who are now, uh, you know, from the different culture in the Germany, I don't know, you know, but get, couple of them saved and see what kind of people they are, you know. Back to that. Yeah, so, so see, if they, if they are, if they are, the, if they are the, the ex-Muslims, you know, immigrants who actually wants to love the Western culture, you know, great. That's what the mission field gives you. This is the immigrants who actually wants to adopt the Western culture and then think, well, how do you build church with them? And they're probably gonna gather other immigrants who are just like them who wants to adopt the English uh, Western culture and they're gonna blend probably some other Germans or something and then you have this kind of flavor of the immigrants based church maybe gonna be maybe you're gonna help some of them God's lead you to help some of them who actually wants really to keep their culture 
but into context of that culture, look and, 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 and mannerism, accept Christ and be that kind of Christian, then you're going to build that kind of, you know, and they probably uh, wants to go back to their own cultures. So you're going to send them back. So let's God define how they're going to look like one day. But right now you have, you have a, a great skills that you can help them. And that's you're a Christian, have a love for your people, who wants to understand them, who've done the cultural training, so you know you need to adapt yourself to them. You can be that great English Western person who understands us. You know, understands. She, she really loves popping up to our house. He loves our kids. He's enjoying our food. You know, we really make us feel very welcome in this foreign place. You know, there is one of them who understands us. To be one of them who understands them, it's a high honor that you can use and actually influence them in an amazing way. So you can be that kind of person. You know? And let's God define down the road what should happen, what should happen with them. You know, are they gonna totally blend in in the Western culture? You don't care about that. You want them to be a Christian. You know, if they want to be blend up totally in a Western culture, great. If they want to keep their own culture, great. But keep your own culture but respect our culture also. That's another thing. Or they want to go back in their own culture and take the gospel there, great. But God will define that on the, on the way. If you get invited round to somebody's house, make sure you take a present. Presents are a huge thing. Especially if they've got children, sweets, you know. Present is kind of like in, in this culture, the obligatory in, in honor and shame culture, like obligatory. People wouldn't go, they'd feel ashamed to go without a present. So if you took a present, it would be very culturally don't, don't refuse food, don't refuse drinks, yeah. take no out from your vocabulary, you know, just just go with those things they offer you, give you, because they, that's the way they show they love you, they, they, they really respect what you're doing, and it's the opportunity to have a social around something is the huge thing. So never say no. Uh-uh. You don't drink coffee, you gotta learn to drink coffee. <laughs> you don't drink tea, you're gonna learn. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I was um, getting well, Yugoslavia, you know, that was when I was 22, and I, I played the guitar, and I was kind of in like the youth camp there, you know? Uh, I was just got a U-rail pass, traveled to, I didn't even know anything about it. And I was playing my guitar, and then some people came by and they said, you can't play the guitar anymore because Tito has just died. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Oh, wow, and, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's a chairman now type of person, a very, very revered figure. And um, some German people stole my backpack, so I had no money. So I was two weeks in Yugoslavia, Belgrade, etc., with no money. I was treated so well. People took me to the best restaurants, their museums. I wanted to marry every second girl I was with, so I was single back then. Uh, people's love for the arts, for each other, the friendship. I had my most intelligent conversations with people there. The culture was so attractive. Preach that I was almost ashamed of my own culture because I enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had nothing. I couldn't bring presents. I couldn't outdo them, but I could play the guitar. <laughs> and that was nice. And just being with people. And I remember that. That's indelible. And I think, you know, just the verse I was thinking about today talks about the, the new heaven on the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see it says the kings of the earth bring their splendor into the new Jerusalem. I was thinking, well, how do they get there? And the kings of the earth, do they take a plane there? Do they, are, are people still on the government payroll and everything? But what stood out is each culture was separate, you know, and they had glory and they had something good about it. Yes. And that's why I just couldn't figure out why there was a war there. And people, I, I just, just 
didn't, this didn't add up. So I remember being in Belgrade, especially people would just be out in the coffee shops and there would be so much friendliness. People would introduce me to their friends, their friends would introduce me. And I wasn't a Christian then, but I just enjoyed it so much. And I think God can give us the, the capacity to enjoy things in other cultures that tear down strongholds and uh, phobias, etc., in our own lives, and it frees us. And that's what heaven's going to be like. That's why it's going to be so good. Be, you know, I'm going to go to this side of heaven or this. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And, and then I was with them three years ago. I was with the assistant to your very flamboyant Orthodox bishop. Okay, I forget his name, but he's a very flamboyant, scary-looking guy. You know, I was. That was one for ten days with his secretary, and I was eating meals with him, etc. Speak seven language, you know, Cambridge, blah, blah blah, all of that. And I was looking through his eyes of an Orthodox guy to evangelicals. It was weird. I said, Kurt, where were these all these American people? Is it true that you guys take all these pills? You know, they're all Americans. I'm taking all these pills, you know. <laughs> you know, just, just little things like that. And, and, and I think we can only understand God through, through the lenses of other cultures. True. You know, it's not a matter of who's better, who is. This. It's just a matter of seeing God through, you know, these different facets yeah. of God. Nice. Thank you very much for that. Yes, I listened to it. I didn't yeah, that explains, explains the honor and shame culture. It's yeah, very yeah, honorable yeah. to help people in need. So you always keep your eye, one eye on you, one eye on other people. Yeah. You know, it's never into looking into yourself. So this is the prophetic mission conference that we have in Niche. If you're wow. interested to come and get exposed to the different kind of culture, this is chance to come. Angela Kem is going to be there. John Bearden. We did it this year. I tracked quite a few people from the Balkans. It was really good. Uh, come and be friends with us. Wow. If you're free then, come. Hospitality, food, the great wine, <laughs> wine industry. It's amazing in Serbia. Come and discover all that. There's a quite few flights from Germany straight to Nish. Very cheap if you want to come. Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. Very good. You're learning. Thank you so much. Thank we you. are Thank here you. today and tomorrow. If you want to talk more, hallelujah. Yeah. 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 Right.